Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of The Postcast. My name is Sean Fairholm, and I'm here with Cassie Stein. Instead of our typical format for the week, we've invited a special guest, an emphasis on the special this week, because he's the first tour player to come on to our show. It's Luke Donald, the former number one player in the world and a Ryder Cup stalwart for the Europeans. He was nice enough to stop by prior to the FEX Cup playoffs. Donald is once again a part of an event in support of the first tee of Greater Chicago. Of course, he went to Northwestern and is very close with that area of the country. The event is called Taste of the First Tee. There will be wine tasting straight from the Luke Donald collection, of course. There's going to be a live auction. And there will also be a Q&A with Sergio Garcia, the Masters champion. He's the, the special guest coming and, jo- and joining Luke Donald this, this, uh, this upcoming uh, week. September 12th is the event. It's at Conway Farms right there in the Chicago area. So we sat down with Luke not only to talk to him about the event, but also growing the game in general and kind of some of the ideas that he has to push the game of golf forward. And now we welcome onto the postcast a very special guest in Luke Donald. Thanks so much for stopping by and chatting for a bit. Yeah, no problem, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Let's uh, jump right into this tremendous event that will be taking place the evening of September 12th at Conway Farms Golf Club, and that's the Taste of the First Tee, supporting the First Tee of Greater Chicago. Can you tell us a little bit about this event and how it, how it came to fruition and, and what it's all about? Yeah, obviously, I've, I've always tried to support junior golf. Uh, I felt like I was... Um, very um, helped uh, as a youngster when I was growing up, given opportunities to play this game. And, um, you know, I've, I've always loved being involved with the first tee. But about uh, eight or nine years ago, um, you know, the first tee of Chicago, a chapter, was really struggling. Um, it was struggling financially. It looked like it might have to shut down. And, um, you know, a few people came up with the idea of maybe creating a, a charity event um, around um, myself and, and some of the, the, the wine that I have, uh, creating a wine dinner and, um, you know, hopefully raising some money to to make uh, to strengthen the, the Chicago chapter and get it back uh, back on track. And um, I think this is our eighth or ninth uh, taste of the first tea. And I think uh, we've done very well. We've raised over two million dollars um for the chapter and it's uh, been a very successful event that's uh, really helped um, the chicago chapter tremendously you've had special guests in the past um come to the event and you've been on uh, three Ryder cup teams all winning teams we should add and you've partnered with sergio garcia a few times and i believe sergio is part of the event this year so what does it mean to you to have him part of the event four winning teams cassie four excuse me <laughs> <on>. excuse me <laughs> no problem <laughs> um, you know, it's great to have Sergio. Sergio is someone I've known since I was uh, maybe 12 years old. I mean, uh, we go way back. We used to play against each other as juniors, um, you know, and then obviously we've been friends, you know, since uh, day one of when I've been a, 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 a professional on, on tour. He was a couple of years before me. He turned pro at a very young age. I, I went through college. But, uh, yeah, I've known Sergio for a long time. We, we've been partners in the Ryder Cup. We've... Uh, stay at each other's houses uh, at, at events you know we, we go way back so it's nice to have him this year and obviously what he accomplished back in april winning the winning the green jacket winning the masters is, is something i was very happy for him and uh, excited so i think uh he's going to be a great guest he's very funny he's uh, energetic and um it should uh, make for for a great evening as you mentioned before this event is in support of the first tee of greater chicago and 
Of course, you attended Northwestern University and you're so close with the area. How how important is it, um, this connection with helping you give the youth golfers some opportunities to play the game? Well, it's important. I think, um, you know, it's important to see this game grow. I've, uh, uh, it's a game I love. Um, as I said, I was given some good opportunities as a kid. My first club I was able to join when I was nine years old. And, you know, they, they, they bend, bend the rules for me. They saw that I had talent. It was really 12 years old was the, the minimum age for people to join uh, as juniors. And they, they bent the rules for me. And, you know, those three years really gave me a lot of opportunities to 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 get better. And uh, I think without people, you know, giving up their time, giving up um you know, the opportunities that the golf gives them that, uh, you know, we'd be missing out. So um, to make an impact in some of these kids is pretty special. And uh, we always get a couple kids, one or two that uh, have really impacted, had, had a huge impact from uh, the first team. We hear their story and it's always the best part of the night, you know, just hearing how much um, the first team has really helped them um, and, uh, help them through life and, and help them with life. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. Luke, a big part of this event is the wine tasting, of course. And I, I know there are a few PGA Tour players who are involved in winemaking and, and, and things of the sort. But how did you first get involved with it? Yeah, I became good friends with um, a guy called Bill Talato uh, when I was in college. Um, you know, I was always in summer, I, I kind of hung around and played some amateur events. But I was always looking for good players to play with in the summer. And Pat, my coach, was... Um, you know, teaching Bill, and he said you should go play with some some rounds with Bill. So we kind of formed a friendship, and uh, you know, he's a huge uh, player in the wine business. His his business, Tolado Wine, um, I think has more ninety plus rated wines uh, in 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 the world than anyone. So he's a uh, very knowledgeable. Um, I I would ask him a lot about wine and his his business, and he would he would ask me a lot about golf and how to get better. So uh, we, we swapped tips and. Um, you know, we just uh, a few years back, maybe 2005, I think we decided to to, to go in and create a wine together. We, we created a, a red wine first, a, a Bordeaux style blend. And then a couple of years later, we came out with a, a Chardonnay and a Viognier. So we have a red and two whites. And, you know, it's just fun for me just to learn about it. Um, I've collected a few bottles over the years and um, it's a fun hobby for sure. And you're going to be sending a couple of bottles to Cassie and I, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get some out. <laughs> Again, for those listening, all the event information is on our website along with the audio of us talking to Luke. And you could also go right to the firsttgreaterchicago.org to get all the information as well. Uh, we're going to be switching gears here a little bit and talk about the state of golf as a whole. We, we, we've seen some, some positive trends recently on several fronts, including a lot more players kind of getting into the game. But what is the best way you think to uh, to move golf in the right direction? Well, I think we have to, you know, look at uh, the grassroots at, ju- at junior golf and you know creating more opportunities for juniors to play uh, golf courses. You know, maybe think about creating some more short nine-hole golf courses. Um, you know, you see that a lot overseas in the UK and Scotland and, and places like that where um, you know kids can just go out. It doesn't have to be anything uh, amazing the golf course, but little nine hole golf courses just to get people interested um and then obviously when once they catch the bug you know encourage them to play as many tournaments and competitions as possible i think that's the best way to improve um you know and uh, if they want if they want to go get that next level to professional golf that's that's kind of what you have to do 
obviously as a professional golfer, you've already inspired so many people to play the game, whether that's back in England, Chicago, just all over the United States. But where else do you see yourself being part of growing the game? Well, um, that's a tough question. Obviously, you know, you can you can send messages out through social media. I have a pretty big following on social media. Um, that's that's obviously a way these days. It seems like a big part of everyone's life. Um, you know, within golf, uh, I'm trying to get into the golf architecture business. You know, I think um, a focus for me would be, you know, to create golf courses that that aren't 8,000 yards long, that are fun to play, don't take uh, five, six hours to play. Um, you know, get a little bit more interest back into the game where you can create golf courses that are fun and, and challenging, but don't take so long. And um, I think, you know, time and, and money in our game is, is, you know, two of the biggest problems. So if we can somehow figure ways to, to counteract that, then I think the game will, will continue to grow. Of course, a big part of the golf landscape is competition. And we were really excited to see your second place finish at Hilton Head earlier this year. I know it's been tough recently, but how does your game feel overall um, heading into the playoffs? Yeah, it's, it's been a really frustrating run the last few months. I feel like I've been working hard um, and, and feeling like good things are coming, and, but it hasn't just happened yet. But this week would be a great week to do it. Obviously, I'm uh, recording this in New York, but the, the first of the playoff events. And we all know uh, a good finish this week can really change a, a season around. So uh, I've got nothing to lose this week. I'll go out there and and try and play for some great golf. Uh, um, but I've been working hard and excited, actually, um, despite some of the results that uh, I feel like I'm making progress. So, um, you know, I think it's just going to take uh, one or two good rounds or good tournaments to kind of get me jump-started, and then uh, I can work my way back into being one of the best players in the world. Is it harder for older players to win now? Because we, we've seen all of these guys in their 20s who can hit the ball eight miles and we're almost going to have to stretch some of these courses to, as you mentioned, you know, 8,000 yards pretty soon. Is it is it more difficult for, for players who are older to win than it was before? Uh, I, th- I think so. I think the game has certainly changed a lot in the last five or 10 years, you know, with, with the equipment, um, you know, and the, the players are, are working out harder. Their, their main goal, you know, as juniors is, is to hit it far. And, you know, it's a, it, you look at, the statistics that we have, strokes gain, that uh, the easiest way to gain strokes on the field is to hit it far. You don't necessarily have to hit it that straight, but you can hit it far. And there are obviously different ways to do it. You know, for someone like me to, to get to number one, uh, you can prove that there are other ways to do it. But um, it's certainly a little bit more of an uphill battle the last few years. You know, technology has made the ball go very far. The ball is traveling and you know as you said people are thinking about making 800 yard 8,000 yard courses I don't I don't think really that's the direction we need to go I think you can be um, savvy in your architecture to create courses that aren't that long but still challenging and um, you know I think I, I wish uh, I, the game would go a little bit more in that direction unfortunately I haven't seen that much over the last couple of years <laughs> That's that's definitely for sure. Luke, thank you so much for your time and, and best of luck with the taste of the first tee on the 12th. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, you talking about this and uh, getting it out there. That's uh, it's going to be a fun, fun. Uh, it's going to be a fun evening. Thank you again to Luke Donald for joining us again. His taste of the first tee event is to support the greater Chicago area that takes place on September 12th at Conway Farms Golf Club. That is the host of the third leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs where special guest Sergio Garcia will be there. For more information, visit the first tee greater for more information. 
Now that's all the time we have left on the postcast this week. Please follow us on our social media feeds, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Global Golf Pulse and you'll be able to find us. Until next time, for Sean and I, hit them straight. See you later.